The New York Rangers receive permission to interview Toronto Maple Leafs assistant coach Spencer Carberry. Will he be the next head coach of the New York Rangers? Could current Leafs coach Sheldon Keefe even be in the mix as well? Plus, the Rangers have reportedly already interviewed both Peter Laviolette and Mike Babcock. We discuss all this and more on today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 833 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, and we are, of course, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off of your first purchase. And so might as well go ahead, just dive right into it here. We're continuing our fun-filled off-season series here of uh, basically just looking at different candidates to be that next head coach of the New York Rangers. Everything from, you know, uh, well-traveled coaches to people that haven't been coaches before in the NHL, uh, likely candidates, dark horse candidates, the whole nine yard. Like I said, the goal here is to leave no stone uncovered and give everybody basically a fair trial as it pertains uh, to their uh, chances of becoming the next head coach of this franchise. And As I mentioned, we're going to focus in on two uh, current coaches of the Toronto Maple Leafs. We're actually going to start with the assistant coach. That'll be 41-year-old Spencer Carberry, uh, another one of the uh, younger prospective coaches from around the league. Uh, We talked about Jay Leach not too long ago. We talked about Andrew Burnett as well. Between the two of them and also Carberry here, they only have one year of NHL head coaching experience under their belt. That would be uh, Burnett, you know, he coached the Panthers last year, and uh, they chose to move on from him after this year ended. He was the interim coach last year. But yeah, I mean, that's kind of a debate within the debate here is do the Rangers go with a well-traveled coach and somebody that, you know, maybe has won a Stanley Cup in the past, or do you kind of go against the grain, make a bold hiring, go with somebody uh, that has not been a head coach before in this league? And uh, Carberry would definitely fit the latter category. Uh, and he's getting some interest. You know, he's another one of those young coaches that whether it's the Rangers or somebody else, it feels like there's a pretty good chance or at least a decent chance that Carberry will end up as a head coach uh, for this upcoming season. He's, he's very highly thought of. Uh, the Washington Capitals are believed to have interest in Carberry, as are the Calgary Flames and the Anaheim Ducks. And uh, again, the prevailing thought, very similar to Jay Leach and maybe even Burnett as well, is that he will eventually be a uh, head coach in this league, Will Spencer Carberry. It's one of those things that it's only a matter of time, and obviously, he's only 41 years old. He's got time on his side, so again, you got to figure it'll happen uh, sooner or later. Uh, one, like, I wouldn't even really call it an issue, but one hang-up that maybe, uh, you know, certain GMs might have and maybe even certain fans might have as far as Carberry is concerned is that he never played in the NHL. Uh, to my knowledge, I don't think he even ever played in the AHL. I'd have to double-check that, but I'm pretty sure that's correct. Um, you know, it, it's something worth noting, but I don't think it's something that should disqualify him from the conversation. You look at two of the more successful head coaches over the last couple of years here, uh, John Cooper as well as Jared Bednar. Neither of those two ever played in the NHL, and obviously those two high rings have turned out okay uh, for, for the Lightning and the Avalanche, respectively. Uh, as far as Carberry and uh, what he has done in hockey, and yeah, th- this is in my notes here. I, I had to double check this, but um, yeah, never played in the AHL. Uh, did play in the ECHL, which is essentially the the level below the AHL. Uh, he was a left winger, 
played with several teams in the ECHL, most recently played hockey with the ECHL's South Carolina Stingrays in 2009-2010. And then, as soon as his uh, playing days were over, he decided to hang up the skates. He immediately became an assistant coach of that same Stingrays team. Uh, later became the head coach of the Stingrays and did so when he was just 29 years old, already a head coach in the ECHL. Uh, he was the youngest coach in the ECHL at that time and ended up winning the ECHL Coach of the Year back in 2013-2014. Uh, moved on to the Saginaw Spirit of the OHL in 2016 to be their head coach. Spent one season there. Then he became an assistant coach of the Providence Bruins of the AHL, uh, and then most recently became the head coach of the Hershey Bears of the AHL in 2018. The Bears, of course, the team that just knocked the Wolfpack out of the playoffs. Uh, and in 2021, once again, with the Hershey Bears, he led them to the McGregor Kilpatrick Trophy, which is basically like the AHL's version of the President's Trophy. It goes to the team that has the most points in the regular season, so a strong season there, obviously, and uh, also won the AHL's Coach of the Year Award that year. And it's impressive uh, to look at his uh, record that he put up with the Hershey Bears during his seasons there. He was there from 2018-2019 to 2020-2021, and in that time, the Bears went 104 50 and 17, and then most recently, of course, becoming the assistant coach of the Toronto Maple Leafs. It really is interesting to see, um, you know, you do some research on these guys, and they've all kind of got a ladder to climb. It's, it's not much different from, you know, NHL players. Obviously, they got to, you know, deliver, first of all, I mean, all the way back in high school, you got to go to a uh, college team, you're in junior hockey, you're in the AHL, everybody has like a certain ladder that they have to climb and everybody's path is always a little bit different. But yeah, I mean, he's clearly uh, worked his way up the ranks here and has done so in fairly uh, short order, has Carberry, and now, you know, basically knocking on the door of being an NHL head coach. And you got to believe that, you know, for anybody that's coaching the ECHL, the AHL, whatever it might be, you got to think in most cases, uh, the ultimate goal is to uh, do what it seems like Carberry once again is on the verge of doing, and that's becoming uh, head coach in the NHL. And once again, we will see if that happens with the Rangers or any other team in this offseason. And we're actually not done talking about Carberry. We want to uh, continue to kind of just look at everything that's happened uh, with the Toronto Maple Leafs since he's been there and kind of once again just look at his credentials as far as uh, why he may be the right choice to be the next head coach of the New York Rangers. And we're going to get to that in just a second. But first, got to let everybody know today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Game Time. Buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun that you're about to have. Game time is the place for last-minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The Game Time Guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're all set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off. Download GameTime today. 
Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. All right, we just want to thank you guys, as always, once again, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. And for the everydayers, in our next episode, you know, we're getting down to the nitty-gritty of the Stanley Cup playoffs, and obviously we all wish the Rangers were participating in this round as they were last year. Uh, but facts are facts, they're not. And uh, there's four teams remaining. What's interesting, though, is that a former New York Ranger is guaranteed to uh, to now win a Stanley Cup. Uh, there's at least one former Ranger on all four of the teams remaining. So uh, in our next episode, I wanted to kind of you know, just do some reminiscing, uh, talk about all these players that played with the Rangers at one time or one time or another. Excuse me. Talk about what they're currently doing in the NHL. Uh, Brett Howden, of all people, had an overtime winner uh, for Vegas the other night. So uh, yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see what happens there, and uh, it is kind of cool. I mean, look, I know we want the Rangers there, and um, you know, seeing one or two former Rangers pales in comparison uh, to seeing the Rangers win the Stanley Cup, but be that as it may, uh, we're still going to look at these former Ranger players and kind of wish them well. And uh, I think what I might do is actually kind of rank them uh, as far as, you know, which one I would most like to see uh, win the Stanley Cup this season. Because as far as these teams are concerned, I don't know about you guys, I'm kind of neutral on just about all of them. Like, I don't really love or despise any of the teams that are remaining. It's kind of just whatever happens, happens, and I'm kind of just enjoying uh, the quality hockey that's being played. But I do want to certainly spotlight those former Rangers. And it is cool that, uh, you know, at least one of them is going to win a Stanley Cup this season. Keeping everything rolling here, though, as far as Carberry is concerned, uh, something that's also very well worth noting is the very simple fact that Carberry has overseen the Toronto Maple Leafs power play over the past two seasons. Now, obviously, he's got a lot to work with there. They have some tremendously skilled players, guys that can put the puck in the net in a major way. Uh, but be that as it may, you know, he's still overseeing that unit, and that unit has absolutely excelled for Toronto over the last couple of seasons. This past season, uh, Toronto had the number two ranked power play in the NHL. They succeeded at a rate of 26%. And in Carberry's first season with Toronto, the Leafs had the number one ranked power play, and they succeeded at a rate of 27.3%. And for the Rangers, you know, just for a little bit of comparison, you know, they've obviously had a good power play the last few years. Uh, they were seventh this past year, the one that just concluded, and they were fourth the year before. But I don't know, for one reason or another, it just kind of felt like the Rangers power play was a little bit less consistent uh, this year than it was last year. And I, I mean, I guess that stands to reason. They dropped a couple point, a couple places in the rankings. Um, but yeah, I mean, and maybe the playoffs has something to do with it too, because the power play just did not get it done uh, in the playoffs, at least not after uh, game two there. But, you know, you give Carberry, a coach like Carberry, all these talented players that the Rangers have, all these high scoring players, whether it's Zibanejad, Kreider, Panarin, Fox, uh, maybe he has the magic touch and maybe uh, he turns this into, you know, what's a very good power play unit into a truly elite power play unit. Because when you look at the top Ranger power play unit, uh, and this is not even counting the guys that they traded for this season. Just going into this past season, you've got a top unit of Trocek, uh, Kreider, Mika, Panarin, and Fox. That unit alone, and they have other good players that can play on the second unit, but that unit alone should have the Rangers, you know, right near the top of the NHL, in my very humble opinion. I know there's going to be some people that say, you know, there's people that are just kind of down on this team and down on some of these players, um, you know, after what happened in the playoffs. But that unit should be uh, at or near uh, the top of the league, uh, in my very humble opinion. And maybe Carberry, look, he, he's found a way to obviously make it work with the Toronto superstar players over there, at least in the regular season, on the power play. So maybe he can do the same thing uh, when it comes to uh, the Ranger power play. I'd just be very curious to see how the Ranger power play unit lines up, whether it's Carberry or anybody else. Because what we've seen you know, under Gallant is... You know, you've got the top power play unit that's usually out there for like a minute 30 or sometimes even longer. I mean, from time to time, they're out there for the entire two minutes of the power play. 
Uh, what will the Rangers do under Carberry or whoever the new head coach ends up being? Will they spread the wealth a little bit? Will you see like, you know, Kreider on the second unit? Will you see Panarin move down to the second unit? Will they kind of balance everything a little bit more evenly? Will they distribute ice time uh, a little bit more evenly between whatever the top unit is and whatever the second unit is? Uh, will we see more defensemen playing for the Rangers on the power play? Will you see maybe like, uh, you maybe Trocek's not in the top unit and you go with like Miller and Fox out there together. I mean, that could be interesting. There's a lot of options that that's always nice to have. But uh, again, whether it's Carberry or anybody else, I'm just curious to see uh, what the power play looks like next year and uh, how they deploy everybody. Uh, something else here that Carberry, I think, has working in his favor, and we've mentioned this once again when we've talked about some of the newer wave coaches in the league. Uh, we talked about this with Burnett. We talked about this with Leach. Also with Carberry, might as well mention it here. Uh, one thing that he has working in his favor is that, you know, given that he's younger and is not too far removed from actually playing professional hockey, um, you know, he might be able to connect with uh, today's players a little bit better than maybe the old guard could. Uh, it's at least possible. And again, whether it's Carberry or one of the other young coaches, or anybody, whoever the next Ranger coaches, one of the biggest things that they're going to have to do if they're going to be successful and if they want to win over this fan base and uh, lead the Rangers to great things, they're going to have to find a way to get Lafreniere and Kako, those two especially, but also guys like Philip Hedl, and also guys coming along like Will Cooley, Brian Othman, some of these young forwards, they got to find a way to get them to that next level. It has to happen. Uh, that's the way the Rangers can obviously have a little bit more depth if those guys can reach that next level. You know, every season, I feel like, or at least the last two seasons for sure, Whenever the Rangers are like beginning their march to the playoffs or they're actually in the playoffs, I always come on here and I mention like, man, you know, if if the kid line, if, if Hedl and Kako and Lafreniere can really find that next level, really get it going, then that's when this team becomes dangerous. I'm tired of saying that. You guys might be tired of hearing me say it uh, in general as well um, because it needs to happen. You know, I, I, I realize they've, they've all gotten better to an extent. They've all improved very gradually. But it's time for them to reach that next level. And you just hope that whoever the next head coach is finds a way to reach them, finds a way to coach them up a little bit and gets them to play like the players, you know, that we all thought the Rangers were drafting, that we were all told that the Rangers were drafting. And it's not just like the fans overdoing it or the Rangers themselves like overhyping these players. It's that that's what everybody was saying. You know, all, all the scouts were calling Lafreniere a generational talent. Uh, when Hughes and Kako were going to go one and two in one order or the other, everybody was saying they were by far the best two players of that draft. So uh, you just hope that, once again, whoever the next head coach is finds a way to, to elevate these guys. And the players have to do their work, too. They have to play their role. I mean, I mean, they got to step up a little bit themselves. But you just hope that the next head coach can, can find a way, uh, once again, to elevate those young players. Uh, something else. Carberry also, and I, I touched on this a little bit when I was uh, discussing the power play unit in Toronto. But it seems like he has a knack for, you know, getting a lot out of the established players. Uh, the big four in Toronto all had, you know, big time seasons, you know, Matthews, Tavares, Nylander, and Marner. Uh, and those players, you know, there seems to be this narrative right now that those four were all like terrible in the playoffs. And uh, clearly they were not at their best. But if you just look at, you know, point totals, I don't think any of them really had like a bad run in the playoffs. I mean, they all did all right. Some of them were uh, point per game or nearing a point per game. So I don't know. I mean, obviously, look, you have to be able to get the job done one way or the other. It's not just about points, but uh, the idea that they all like just completely disappeared, I, I don't think that's true either. Um, honestly, I mean, look, we would sign up in about two seconds uh, to get out of our Timmy Panarin in the playoffs this year, the same amount that Toronto got out of, say, Austin Matthews in the playoffs this year. So uh, another huge task, once again, 
uh, for whoever the next head coach of the Rangers is, we'll be getting Artemi Panarin uh, to play at his best in the playoffs. I know there's people talking about Panarin being traded and would he waive his no-move clause and uh, would the Rangers have to eat some money? Would, would they do this? Would they do that? I think Artemi Panarin is back with the New York Rangers this season. Uh, it's not set in stone. It's not a lock by any stretch of the imagination. But if I'm going with my gut, uh, I think Panarin ends up being back next season. But again, whether it's Carberry or anybody else, the next head coach is going to have to get him to play playoff hockey and just trust himself, play confident and you know, find a way to get it done and find a way uh, to get Panarin to be one of the leaders uh, on this team when the Rangers uh, do make the postseason, if they make the postseason next year. We can never guarantee that, you know, year to year, there's there's no guarantees. But, uh, you know, I think the Rangers have a good enough team that they should be back in the dance next year. But obviously, you got to get more out of your star player who's making $11.6 million per season than the Rangers got out of Artemi Panarin uh, this past postseason, the seven games that they played against the Devils. We'll keep everything rolling in just a second. I want to go ahead and uh, shift our attention to Sheldon Keefe, uh, who took over the Toronto Maple Leafs a handful of seasons ago and, uh, you know, has had success. I mean, you look at his regular season record, you can't say that, you know, he hasn't won or hasn't, you know, achieved something there. But, you know, the Toronto Maple Leafs, no matter who the coach is, seems like they can't get over the hump when it comes to the playoffs. I know they won a series this year, but I uh, have yet to make you know a deep run uh, in a very, very long time. But we're going to discuss Sheldon Keefe in just a second. All right, so let's go ahead, turn our attention once again to Sheldon Keefe, 42 years old, one of the other younger coaches in the league. As of right now, he is still the coach of the Toronto Maple Leafs, but there has been heavy speculation that uh, that might not end up in the case. At a certain point, I mean, they've been eliminated for a while here. Obviously, they're going to take some time and, uh, you know, see what they're doing. You know, weigh, weigh all the pros and cons, I guess, of bringing him back or letting him go. But the general manager was already let go. There's some talk that, you know, after the Leafs basically failed again in the playoffs this year, that one of the, the big four players that I just mentioned a couple minutes ago, uh, one of them could end up getting traded. It does seem like, you know, this could be the offseason where some changes are coming uh, for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And part of that could be uh, going with a new coach. Um, as far as Keith, I mean, again, you can't argue with his track record and his regular season record, but I do find it interesting that there does seem to be a decent amount of Ranger fans that really want Sheldon Keith. And I feel like it's kind of just Gerard Glant 2.0. Now, maybe some of those fans that are saying that likes Glant and want him to stick around. And I get that, you know, I, I thought he should have been back for year three. I've covered that in the past. Um, but you know, there's not that much, there's certainly some similarities between the two coaches. I think that's the best way to say it. Um, the same criticisms that a lot of fans levy at Gallant, you could say the same thing for Sheldon Keefe, that uh, too much of a player's coach, uh, they don't necessarily play structured hockey, they're not all that good defensively, uh, not able to make in-game adjustments in the playoffs. All these things that have been said about Gerard Gallant are the same things basically that have been said about Sheldon Keefe uh, do in the most part, to the Leafs' uh, overall lack of success in the playoffs uh, over the last handful of seasons. And I just feel like if you go from Gerard Gallant to Sheldon Keefe, it's basically just a lateral move. I don't think you're really uh, going in all that significantly different of a direction. I, again, he's a good coach. You can't argue with what he's done in the regular season. And we might as well just go ahead and talk about his regular season record here, since I mentioned it a couple of times already. And uh, just his overall track record, how he got... Uh, from where he started to now being the head coach of the Toronto Maple Leafs. So for starters, 125 games as a player in the NHL for Sheldon Keefe. They were all with the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, he got into coaching not too long thereafter. His first year as a head coach was with the Pembroke Lumber Kings of the CCHL. 
Uh, they won the league championship in all five of Sheldon Keith's first seasons there. So uh, a dynasty in the CCHL. Uh, he was also the general manager of that team at the time. And in total, this record is just unreal. This is his record uh, in the seven seasons that he spent there. 285 95 and 12. So obviously he won some hockey games, moved on to the OHL's Greyhounds. He spent three seasons there, got them to the playoffs in all three seasons that he spent there, uh, then moved his way up to the AHL, coach of the Toronto Marlies, the AHL affiliate, of course, of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, five seasons there, or four and a half, really. Uh, his fifth season is when he went from being coach of the Marlies to coach of the Maple Leafs. And we'll get to that in just a second. But in his first Four seasons with the Marlies, his only four full seasons there, uh, made the playoffs all four years, won a Calder Cup in his third season, and in total with the Marlies, a record of 289-22-9. So obviously, again, success everywhere he's been. You cannot argue it. You cannot deny it. Uh, but then, you know, I mentioned that he only coached the Marlies for a portion of his fifth season there, and that's because uh, he had to step into... Uh, what was kind of a challenging situation, I would see, say, with the Toronto Maple Leafs. He took over for Mike Babcock in November of 2019. There were some reports about Babcock essentially just crossing the line when it came to how he dealt with their players, just bullying them, verbally abusing them, just really going overboard. There was that really weird story, which I still cannot make any sense out of, where he asked Mitch Marner uh, to rank his teammates from uh, best work ethic to Worse work work ethic, and that's strange enough. But then he shared the list with the team. Just just bizarre behavior there. Um, but again, Keith took over in what could have been a difficult situation. I'm sure in some ways it was a difficult situation. You're taking over for a Stanley Cup winning coach who's uh, let go kind of out of the blue and under dubious circumstances. But Keith takes over, goes 15 four and one in his first 20 games as head coach of the Leafs. Uh, he is now. Coached the Leafs for four seasons, and once again, you can't argue with the record. Uh, he's done an awesome job in the regular season. They are 166, 71, and 30 since Keefe took over. In the playoffs, though, they've gone just 13 and 17, and in his first three seasons, the Leafs were eliminated in the first round of the playoffs. And of course, I should probably mention, there's always that little caveat with the 2019-2020 season. That was kind of the COVID year and the year that everybody got into the playoffs. Uh, that year, they were eliminated in the qualifying round by the Blue Jackets in the best of five. So technically, they didn't even make it to what is considered the first round of the playoffs that year. But bottom line, uh, they didn't win a playoff series up until this past year. Defeated Tampa in six games. Uh, lackluster effort, it would seem, in the first three games against Florida. They're down 3-0 in that series. End up losing in five games. So, you know, again, it, it's just kind of, as I'm saying all this and kind of laying out his credentials, it's it's too much of Gerard Gallant part two. You know, if, if you're going to fire Gallant, then there's no reason to uh, you know, bring in somebody who, you know, as we discussed earlier, seems to have a lot of things in common with him. And of course, with Keith here, uh, not really a lot of playoff success, at least with Gallant. I mean, he took Vegas to the Stanley Cup final. He got the Rangers to within two wins of the Stanley Cup final. You know, he's, he's at least won some playoff series here and there. And uh, the same cannot really be said for Keith, other than the, you know, first round playoff series where, where they beat Tampa this year. But yeah, I mean, it, it's crazy because you know, we, we've talked about how Toronto, they've gone nearly 20 years now without winning a playoff series, and we've now discussed three different coaches who have at least had a, a little bit of a hand in that, uh, Babcock, Carberry, and now Keefe. But, you know, it is what it is. These guys are, you know, possible coaching candidates to be the next head coach of the Rangers, and as I mentioned, we want to leave no stone unturned here. Uh, the other aspect to this is that, you know, if the Leafs fire Sheldon Keefe, it's at least possible that they would go with Spencer Carberry as their new coach. 
A lot of times when a head coach gets fired, they just clean house and everybody's gone. And for the assistant coaches, it's almost like you're either gone or you're the new head coach. And that could be the situation with Carberry there. It's possible that if Keith gets let go, uh, Carberry goes right along with him. It's also possible that they would hire him uh, as their new head coach. Uh, the other thing, if everybody gets fired... I think something that's at least on the table here, if Sheldon Keith becomes the next Ranger head coach, maybe Spencer Carberry is one of the next Ranger assistant coaches, depending on how uh, it goes with him around the rest of the league. Is he going to interview for jobs? Is he going to get one of the other jobs? Uh, we shall see there. But yeah, definitely an interesting situation here. And uh, Sheldon Keith, definitely uh, a name to keep an eye on. Uh, as it pertains to the next Ranger head coach. But again, he's still with the Maple Leafs as of now. It's possible he remains with them going into the next season. Uh, but, you know, there are, there have been some reports that, you know, something could happen there. And obviously, uh, the Leafs kind of in a little bit of turmoil right now uh, after another disappointing uh, playoff showing for them. Uh, but yeah, I, I figure we could pretty much call it there for today. Only other thing that I want to mention here is that the Rangers have reportedly already interviewed both Peter Laviolette and Mike Babcock. We talked about each of the two of them in recent episodes of Locked On New York Rangers. So uh, you can go back, uh, find those episodes and, and get my thoughts on those two. And uh, it is interesting to see this whole thing just kind of play out in real time here because obviously, you know, LaViolette, Babcock, they were two of the bigger names available and, and two coaches that you could easily see the Rangers uh, interviewing, wanting to talk to, and certainly uh, wanting to give consideration to as it pertains to being the next head coach of this team. They're, they're guys that have been there and done that and obviously uh, had a lot of success in this league. The only other thing I want to mention, the Jim Ramsey situation, as far as I can tell, still a complete mystery. You know, I talked about this in the at the end of the last episode. We're doing it again here. You know, he doesn't have the track record, 29 years with the Rangers, and, you know, the Rangers have mostly been a healthy team, of somebody who should be fired. I, I feel like there's more to this story than we know right now, and maybe it'll come out in the coming days and weeks here, and uh, maybe, you know, Jim Ramsey himself will, will speak publicly about it. I don't know. But right now, the whole thing is just kind of shrouded in mystery, just felt completely out of left field, and frankly, unwarranted. I, I think he's somebody that has done a great job with his, uh, you know, his role with his team, and again... It does seem like this is a situation where there is more than meets the eye. There's probably more to this story uh, than we currently know, but we'll see what happens. We'll keep our eye on that, and obviously if something else comes out, we'll discuss that on a future episode of Locked on New York Rangers. But that will do it for today, guys. Once again, if you would like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, there's LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, there's at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And definitely subscribe to Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.